Hi, I'm Mark Renner. This is Victory Over Sin. Saturday afternoon to you. My name is Mark Rennick. This is Victory Over Sin. What we do at the first part of this show is to explain to you who we are, what we are, and who pays for it, and what we're attempting to do. Victory Over Sin is actually funded by an advocacy arm of St. Vincent de Paul, Southwest Idaho. And what we attempt to do here each week is to let you know what it's like to be incarcerated, to come out of incarceration, and then to attempt to blend back into the community. We do that in several different ways, but certainly one of them is this radio show. And surprisingly, we've been doing this for almost six years now. If you go back to the archives of KBXL, or if you go to your favorite podcast association, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or any of those things, you can see the whole array of shows that we have in the archives, and you will see it's a strong amount of people who have been fortunate enough to come on the radio and talk to us about the work they do with returning citizens here in Idaho. We're very proud of that, that library, if you will. Go back. You can learn all kinds of stuff about the Department of Corrections. We've had people who have walked directly out of prison. This, they've come here the first thing. We actually have one gentleman who was about to go right back in, and he was on the show We've had senators, a governor or two, and so it's been impressive. So go take a look at it. You'll find out something about the Department of Corrections here in Idaho and what we're attempting to do. In addition to that, not with the radio show, we actually do a PowerPoint presentation that we are happy to bring to your church, to your service group, or even to your business office if you wish. It's a 20-minute PowerPoint that addresses all of those things people face as they come out of incarceration. Uh, The great thing about this is that it is led by a returning citizen themselves. So they'll share the information, and then they'll sit there and answer questions for you. At the end of the show, I'm going to let you know how to get in touch with me. And if you need information about that process or anything about the show, I'll be happy to respond to you. If you've been listening to me over the years, you've known that we've actually grown in terms of our influence in the Treasure Valley. We have a main office now on Overland at 3217 West Overland Road in Boise, Idaho. At that point in time, we try to greet everybody coming out of incarceration on their first day, offering them some support, resources. And uh, if you're listening to me in the desert and you actually need a ride from prison, talk to your case manager. We'll be happy to pick you up and bring you to our office and then take you throughout the day in terms of talking to your PO and the other places that you need to go as you make that transition back into community. We also have an office in Canyon County, which is actually located inside District 3's probation and parole office at 3110 Cleveland Boulevard, and that's in Caldwell. If you're going in to visit your PO, you can just say, hey, I need to talk to somebody from St. Vincent de Paul, and we'll be happy to talk with you over there also. Uh, Any information that you need about these sources, you can go to 
www.svdpid.org, and you should have most of those questions answered for you if you go there. We're particularly excited about some of the direction we're taking recently with employment. We're doing all sorts of stuff, and there is stuff in the pipeline, I can tell you, that is impressive. We now have three people working just with people coming out of incarceration, and we're excited about all that. So go to the webpage or keep listening, and we'll go from there. Uh, I've I've got a really fun guest today, and we're going to be talking with him in just a second. Idaho has an incarceration rate of 761 to 100,000 people, including prisons, jails, immigration detention, and juvenile justice facilities, meaning that it locks up a higher percentage of its people than any democracy on earth. Compare that to the United States, 664 people per 100,000, Canada's 104 people per 100,000, and Norway's 54 people per 100,000. What about our parole system? In 2019, Prison Policy Initiative graded each of the 50 states for their parole system. Idaho received a grade of F. How do we change this? We need your involvement, and we need your story. More importantly, you must tell it. Your Christian voice can support the need to change. Reach out to us and get involved. At the end of the show, Mark will share his contact information, or you can call the radio station, KBXL 941 The Voice, and ask for links to Mark Rank. Okay, I'm happy to have in the, uh, in the studio this afternoon Brian R. Howell, who is the operation manager, co-host of Morning Light. Salt and Light Radio. Welcome, sir. Well, thank you, Mark. Appreciate it. I'm always jealous of his voice because he's got this <laughs> voice that's just better than mine, you know, and so that is so cool. Thank you for coming in. Well, yes, and I know we're going to get into this too, but it's just one of those things where, you know, God has given you a gift and right. for you to now be able to use it in his honor and his glory has just been so fulfilling to me. That's cool. Uh, and some, some of you know that if you're if you have, are actually a radio junkie, every once in a while I get to come in on his show on a Friday morning uh, once a month or something like that to be able to talk about St. Vincent de Paul issues. And uh, it's always cool to be able to do his show too. So thank you again for coming. Thank you for the invite. Yes. Let's talk a little bit about you and your background. Where are you from and how did you end up here? In- well, I am from a tiny little highline town in north central Montana called Cutbank, Montana, which shows up a lot in the wintertime as the coldest spot in the nation. And just to prove it, the Chamber of Commerce erected a 25-foot uh, penguin made out of concrete standing on an igloo, and it says, Welcome to Cutbank, Montana, coldest <laughs> spot in the nation, which is probably why the city has not grown very large, because who wants to live there? a good reason to leave. I yeah, and that's exactly what I tell people. It's a great place to be from. <laughs> Uh, I I started in radio when I was 16 years old, and uh, why a tiny town of 3,500 people had a 100,000-watt FM station, only God knows, Really, but that's where the seed was planted. I grew up loving music, and so when I got a job at a radio station, uh, I was over the moon, and that led me to college in Bozeman, Montana. Uh, I went back home for a while. And literally, our radio station blew off the air. We had a 98-mile-an-hour windstorm come through and did so much damage to our transmitter that the owner said, we don't want to put any more money into this. We're done. 
So a college friend of mine who had moved to Boise called me and said, if you want to get back into radio, come down here. We've got like two dozen radio stations to choose from. So in May of 1990, I sold everything I had. Uh, and what I didn't sell, I threw in the back of my Ford F-150 and moved to Boise. Right. But you've also, too, as I looked up your background, you've worked for all the major players mm -hmm. in the Valley. You've worked for Journal and Citadel and all those kinds of things. So you almost know where everybody's history and all the bodies are buried, if you will, in terms of that. Yeah, yeah. I've buried a few my, myself, but yeah, it's been, it's been great. I've loved my time here in uh, the Treasure Valley. And I've worked for several stations many times over. This is all before the FCC consolidation. So when everybody kind of stood on their own, but then there was that, it was almost like a, a land grab, I think around the 2000s, late 1990s. Right. But it's like all of a sudden you had four groups own every radio station in the Valley. And it's sad to say that when that happened and it all became about stockholders, and, and share price and not about the, the listeners and the advertisers. It was kind of rough there for a while that I just didn't believe in what I was doing anymore. And I tried several times to get out, get back into retail or get into real estate or something different. But radio's got, it's like a black hole. It just keeps sucking you yeah, back. I know, yeah. that's right. <laughs> well, and I think too, it's also, it's unfortunate that that sort of happened, but you've really seen that whole change if you will throughout mm -hmm. it all you've seen major personalities uh that come and go in terms of retirement and i'm trying to th i was we didn't mention this we were talking about a little bit before we went on the air but uh, i was talking about the couple that was on in the morning that was the two the, the guy and the girl that were on and i when i moved up here in 95 i just started listening to him every morning it was like the morning show and i can't remember his name but he had that voice you know that uh but it was powerful all the different mm -hmm. radio people yeah, it's been nice to look back and think, you know, Paul J. Schneider, who right, was right. voice of the Broncos for many, many years. He was my golf partner for a long time. KJ Mack is one of my best friends, and he was in my wedding. We've known each other for, you know, almost 30 years. And so Ken Bass, you know, he and I shared an office when we worked at KBOI together many years ago. So, you know, not to name drop here on your show, but no, I mean, okay. it's it's been fun to just meet people and uh We've, we've shared a lot of memories over the years, you know, concerts that we've gone to and people that we've met in the studio, out of the studio, events that we've had together. I had the opportunity to fly back to Memphis, Tennessee a couple of times and visit the St. Jude Children's Research Hospital as right. part of the country stations that I used to work at. And those are things that have stuck with me my entire life, just the, right. some of the things that I've got to see and do over the years because of my ties to commercial radio. And I think in part, it becomes, this is an addiction of yes. sorts in terms of doing this work, uh, I, I would argue. Uh, I know I'm, you know, the Johnny Come Lately kind of situation, but do you agree with it that that really is something that you really, it gets into your blood and something that you really must do almost, I guess? Yeah, I think early on in my career and when I was a lot less spiritually mature, um, it, be, it was about ego, I think, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I didn't lead a, a very christian lifestyle in my 20s but um i think back then it was about pride and ego and look who i am and look what i can do but lately it's been because of the power of radio as far as evangelizing and spreading the gospel and you know it's it's been truly fulfilling leaving catholic radio or leaving commercial radio and getting into nonprofit work 
how much more fulfilling and and how much more radio means to me now than when I was a kid. Yeah, I, you're, you're similar, and we've talked about this in the past. We haven't talked about it recently, but that's kind of the way I got into it. The man who got me is still associated in some ways with this radio station, Doug Hardy, and he just he was on for a while. And uh, when I got out of prison. Um, he, I lived in his halfway houses, and we became friends. And he's, for a while, he comes in and says, why don't you come into my radio show on Wednesdays, and we'll talk about addiction. And so we started doing that. And then the opportunity came around to where we could start this show, and we set it up. And he said, well, why don't you do a radio program? And we came up with kind of the name. And the story I always tell is that back in the studio in the same building, he just kind of set me up and put all the things and put the headphones on me and pushed a couple of buttons and said, okay, talk for 30 minutes. I'll be back and check on you. <laughs> and it was like, oh, what? what you, wait a minute. Where were you going? You know, I was used to being the foil yeah. to his, you know, with his leadership. And he goes, no, just talk for 30 minutes. You'll figure it out. And that was surprisingly difficult to do at first. It, it, it can be. Yeah. Uh, Doug, boy, my office is Doug's old radio studio in our uh, setup right, over right, there on, right. on Casha. So I, every day I walk in and I hang up my coat, I have fond memories of some of the hilarious things that Doug did in that studio with uh, his cohorts back then. But I, I think over the years, as Doug and I got to know one another better, we were sort of fish I, I, out of water, I guess. You know, we just didn't fit. I, I think because of our beliefs and because of the way we wanted to live our lives and raise our families and the people that we sort of associated with during those days, not that they weren't God, you know, good people. It's just some of them were living lifestyles that didn't quite jive with what we wanted to do. So I think sometimes we always felt like we were out of place a little bit, odd man out, but we enjoyed our time together and made the most of it. And like you said, when, when you're, when you're in those situations and just the impact that you can make with people, you know, we're in the people business. Exactly. You know, and, and, and that's one of the things that we never tried to forget that, you know, we're here to make people happy, to entertain. And now that really hasn't changed much uh, with Salt and Light. It's more, you know, inform, inspire, and then when you can, entertain. Not everything that we talk about is jovial, but, you know, the, the things that we can work in a little bit of entertainment we try yeah i think I, I really identify watching kind of doug go through that because i think he was i was incarcerated and he was a volunteer at at max where i was living and that's where i first got to know him and i almost watched him do that struggle where he was like this is what he was doing but increasingly he was spending more time in the prison volunteering and helping us and you could almost tell without him saying that he was struggling with that decision about what to do. And then he ended up leaving and then ended up finding a home here for a, a long period of time. So, and I think he's happier now for it just because of the same thing. So it, it's very similar to your story. Yeah. For 12 years, I worked at Journal as their production manager. So basically 40 hours a week, I, I wrote and produced radio commercials and I worked with advertising agencies and clients would come in and record their commercials. And so that's all I did. And every once in a while, I would help out out if someone was sick or on vacation, I'd do an air shift on one of the four stations that was there. But I was, I hit the glass ceiling pretty fast over there and I knew I wasn't going to go anywhere up and down. It was just pretty much you're stuck and you better just enjoy it and, and love the fact that you have a job. So I was griping about that one day to my wife and we had just left church. And so she's going through the bulletin. It's like, well, Salt and Light Radio is looking for some help. So I applied on Monday. 
I got an interview Tuesday, was hired Wednesday, put my two weeks notice (laughs) Thursday. So it was a pretty whirlwind week, but, uh, and I just, I am just so tremendously blessed. Yeah. You know, God has a way of putting us in spots where uh, we need to be. And uh, I am never quite understand why that happens that way, but I'm always in awe of it and thankful for the fact that this is where they put us. And, uh, you know, I'm like you, I, I live a very blessed life and, um, I'm very thankful for that every day. Mm-hmm. So, and, and it's part, like I said, uh, Doug throwing me into this situation where I just did it. And it was something I had to learn and I had to develop my own style, but it, it's like, we're back what we were talking about for a while. People say, why do you do this? And, and it is somewhat up, frustrating thing to do because every week you're thinking now who's going to be my guest yeah. and what am I going to do and how am I going to put this together but I love it and it's a it is something that is a passion and I I understand what it takes to do it I'm, I'm always marveled at your show because your show I've done your show. I mean, it starts at 7 a.m. You come in there, it seems like you walk in two minutes before, and <laughs> this impromptu thing that happens just comes off with a, a without a hitch. But my guess is it's a lot of prep, right? It is, uh, and I'm usually there at 6 because I have to make the coffee. That's my number one job at the station. But uh, there are some prep things that I have to do to get ready for the show. So I'm trying to be there at 6, and we go on the air at 7. But there's a lot of work beforehand. So my co-host, Hope Ryan, she does half the show i do the other half of the show we're usually up at eight nine o'clock at night the night before kind of putting the finishing touches on it finding news stories getting the weather forecast waiting for those last minute sports scores to come through and so then we come in the next day and you know we have a script kind of a skeleton outline that we work off of but uh yeah there i would say maybe three three and a half hours worth of work goes into just a one-hour show yep i I wouldn't doubt that at all i know it and i know from my standpoint it's like boy it's so nice when i'm ahead of the game i have one taped already or i know where i'm going the next week but it's always like i'm almost talking to people on the street thinking well let's see could you be on the radio would you like to be on the radio (laughs) do you have a pulse do you have a pulse would you you mind just talking to me it's over there off overland in five mile we'll get together i'm promise it's not going to be threatening uh but i know i'm always looking for that i assume that's the same sort of thing yes uh we've been on the air our morning show now for about four and a half years and so we do have those benchmark segments that are on every week or every other week so i don't have to really worry about those but there are some empty slots when I mean, we do 15 interviews a week and trying to make sure that those 15 people are going to be in the studio when exactly. they're supposed to be that's right and some of my, i know some of my the people who i show with sometimes they just won't show up They'll they don't forget. show up they'll just show up <laughs> it's not been me i have not done you that have you. never stood us up and we love you for that but uh yeah then it's like okay well what do we do we got to sit here and tap dance for 12 minutes but uh yeah, it, it's it's been very fulfilling over the years to meet people, to hear their stories, to, for them to talk about their ministry work, yourself included. Um, and before I'd met you, I'd met Mike Gallagher and some right. of the people that were that were behind what you're doing. And I just didn't know. And I know that there's thousands of people out there in radio land that didn't know what's going on and how can I help or what can we do to to perpetrate what needs to be done to help these people that are coming out of prison right. and they have to get back into society. Mm-hmm. That's one of our corporal works of mercy, you know, visit the imprisoned. I mean, just like we're supposed to feed the hungry and, and, and all that, it's like these people 
are God's children. Right. And they deserve another chance and they deserve forgiveness and mercy and grace. And these are things that even I have learned about just being in that position of being a co-host on a morning show. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. I think that leads to uh, kind of like a, almost another question. We certainly aren't the powerhouse radio programs in mm-hmm. the Treasure Valley, but there is a responsibility to present to kind of cast out that seed, the plant that seed with people. And I'm wondering how you address that. I know that I almost feel from my standpoint, what I'm always trying to do is to get people to conceive of the fact that these people are coming out of incarceration are just like you and me. Mm-hmm. So I'm working on that constantly, but it's the same thing in terms of attracting a person who's listening to us to think you really need to start thinking about a power greater than yourself as you're driving around, correct? Yeah, and we is do. That a motiva- that's a motivating factor, I would think, for you too. It, it is. You know, we just, uh, again, there's kind of that litmus test of anybody that I want to have on the air, I try to think about, you know, inform, inspire, entertain. And you put out into the deep and you don't know what you're going to reel back in. And so uh, a prime story comes to mind here recently when Morning Light first went on the air uh, just about four years ago, three and a half years ago. There was a businessman, LDS Faith, who drove back and forth between Twin Falls and Boise and he heard the show. And something that we said, the way we were sharing our lives, the way we were sharing our faith, something clicked in him that said, I want to investigate that. I want to know what these guys have. And then, you know, less than a year later, he's Catholic, left his LDS roots behind. And so we never know this side of heaven, I guess, sometimes who do we affect? What's that ripple effect that we put out there when we're just sharing from the heart? How is that going to affect people driving around in their car, listening at home, listening in prison? I mean, we get letters, two or three letters a year from people on the inside that say, wow, what I heard on Salt and Light Radio really touched me. It reminded me of my Catholic childhood, or it it brought me to want to know more about Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. That's how we start those conversations, by just simply getting the the message out there. Yeah, I think one of the true, I mean, I said, I've mentioned before, and I do it all the time, about how blessed I am, but I think it's it's when those times, it's almost like when something, I'm down or something's not quite going well, somebody will come up to me and say, or they'll walk in the door from prison and they'll say, I listen to you all the time on the radio. And I told you just before we went on the air, I got a call from a lady the other day says, you know, I heard you on Salt and Light, and you know, it's about time that I come in and help help you with this and this and pick up people from prison. When can we get together and talk? And so those are the things that, it's like inevitably when my day is, low or something or (laughs) something tragic has happened or something has gone chaotic in the office that something like that Mm -hmm. will come along and it'll be just the nicest blessing to say oh that's why i do this This is what i do or you know i usually make a joke about it saying you're the one that listens to the radio show (laughs) i've been looking for that one i've been (laughs) looking for that one i've been looking for you for a long time man i thought that was just my joke i say that too oh you're the one listening oh great maybe i got that from you oh yeah i was in i went in to pick up my cleaning one time and the lady she says, I know that voice. And I said, really? <laughs> she goes, are you on the radio? I, You're the one that listens to the radio. That's right. Like, yes. Yeah. But it is. It's uh, sometimes when you just wonder, you know, is this even making a difference? And I know that's just kind of, you know, Satan want you to second guess what you're doing and get you off the air. But it's like it takes that edifying moment from someone coming up. It's like, I really enjoy what you do. And I love the message that, that you give us every morning every week whatever the case may be yeah it makes it worthwhile 
And uh, well, let's talk a little bit too about your co-host because I think she's uh, she's special. Mm-hmm. And um, I was afraid when we switched co-hosts and i thought oh no what's gonna happen but hope is just an absolute delight isn't she she is uh hope ryan is my co-host uh, her and i've been friends for probably seven years mm-hmm. um she volunteered there at the station for the longest time she had young kids at the time so when we started the morning show she really wasn't in a position with her family where she could leave and do that and uh, so then when we made the transition, she felt like her oldest was old enough that, you know, I can leave and the house isn't going to get burned down while I'm gone for an hour. But uh, she is great. She's uh, very well educated and she's a homeschool mom of three and she's a very devout. And I just couldn't be luckier to have her because we play so well off of each other. You do, and she's so upbeat. Yep. And she's so positive, and it's really, yeah, it's very, very nice. So we uh, we have a great time together, and we just have the time of our lives, and we, we work hard every morning to just make sure that we inspire and every once in a while get well, a laugh or two well i think you can you can tell that if you listen to the show so that's uh yeah it's it's fun to watch and it's fun to be a part of thank you for that i think let's talk about what somebody that's listening to us that's walking around the track or out at uh, in the prison that's out in the prison or they're driving around their car and they're on parole or any of those people who have been in the system how do we address how do you address when you're on your show attempting for them to come back and take a look at their Catholic roots, if that's what they're trying to get back to. Do you address that? you think about that, or do you, does that just all that come naturally? Uh, it might come naturally. It could just be sort of an organic process. But I think if we're sharing the good news, if we're talking about giving hope to those hopeless situations, that whatever you're going through, Jesus had it worse. Right. And if Jesus could come out the other side and you can too. I mean, he's there waiting for you for open arm with open arms and you just have to take that trusting first step towards him. And so that's, I think what we just try to do is just give them that hope that Mm -hmm. it will get better. There is somebody out there who can take that cross off your shoulders because he already bore it. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what you and I have in common in terms of attempting to do this and to justify what we do and put up with this addiction that we Mm -hmm. like to do because I know that that's what I should be doing as a Christian is to put that out there so that people will consider and to be that example, if you will. Yeah. We're in the seed planting business, you know, the the harvest that's management as I'm pointing to the heavens right now uh, here in the studio, but that's, that's somebody else's problem. All I need to do is plant the seed and then the Holy spirit waters it and you know, do what you will. But uh, harvest is management's issue, not mine. (laughs) Hey, listen, I, uh, I thank you so much for coming in and talking. Thanks for the invite. It's a lot of fun, and um, you can tell. If you need information about getting in touch with Brian, you can do me. I'm going to get, tell you how to get in touch with me, and I'll be happy to pass on that information if that's what you want. But thanks again for coming. Thank you. God bless. Through Jesus, there's victory. All the chains that were holding me Kept me locked in captivity Have been broken by grace so free when he poured out his cleansing motivated by his great love give me faith i need to rise above and sing a song of how i've overcome i've got victory over sin 
Okay, so like I said, uh, I say this all the time in the show how blessed I am, and I do get to hang around with some very, very wonderful people, and Brian is certainly one of those when St. Vincent de Paul lets me go and do that for them. Uh, if you need to get in touch with me and you need information about anything we talked about today, you can reach me at www.systemicchangeofid.com. You want to write me an email, systemicchangeofidaho. It's all spelled out there at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, Systemic Change of ID. Uh, Instagram is Systemic Change of ID. You can even call us on the phone if you want to at 208-477-1006. Look forward to talking to you next Saturday afternoon on Victory Over Sin. <laughs>